This gospel reading includes what is, to my mind, one of the funniest and, frankly, most absurd moments in the four gospels. Jesus rushes the apostles and whomever else is gathered there through um, four or five parables. And in these parables, he's comparing the infinite mystery of God, heaven, to very ordinary time-bound things, places, and people. So this mystery of God is like a mustard seed. This mystery of God is like a baker. This mystery of God is like buried treasure. Is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. And last but not least is like people sorted like fish into categories of good and bad. And then Jesus says to all of those who've heard him, Have you understood all of this? And here's the moment of absurdity. They say with confidence, yes. That would not have been my answer. I would have asked for, well, I would have said, not exactly. Let's just spend a few more moments. Could we go back, Jesus, to the bit about the infinite mystery of God being like a mustard seed or the infinite mystery of God being like something hidden. I don't quite get why heaven would be so subtle and hidden um, to help us loosen up. And Episcopalians are not always good at that. These parables are meant to really get us relaxed and imaginative and look at these things and feel these things with color and imagination and even a kind of gut response to them. The biggest thing when you hear a parable to know is there is no right answer. Your reaction is a part of the answer. The other bit that's important is we don't need to stick with the things and the people and the places within these parables. They're meant to provoke our own thought, our own reflection upon how it is that that infinite mystery of God might have something to do with the ordinary and time-bound people and places in our own lives. In other words, we have to move on from mustard seeds and merchants to the strange things and colorful characters that show up in our own ordinary lives. A few weeks ago, I got to, I had the best week. I got to go to um, Cathedral Ridge, which is the diocesan camp south of Colorado Springs. It was my first time to drive that highway that I still don't know what name it is, but that one. that goes down there and seeing the Continental Divide was unbelievable and then went up to Cathedral Ridge. The whole week was great. We have incredible, incredible youth in this parish. One of the highlights, all of whom serve there and work the camp, it's a camp for um, little ones through about eighth grade and it's staffed largely by high school or serve as CITs and such. One of the, the highlights of the week was getting, um, signing up to go on a hike, what I thought would be a short hike, um, to 
the top of the mountain there. And there were about 15 high schoolers, a couple of little ones, because it was so long it was mainly just the high school group there. And most of them were our kids here from St. John, so they'd heard about me and, and, and frankly, were watching out for me, um, which was really kind. For example, we, we, about halfway up the mountain, one of the leaders of our youth group and leaders of camp is a young rising senior at East High School named Shane Lawler. And Shane had heard, I had no idea how he knew this, that I had had a very minor knee surgery, which is true, from a, from a basketball injury a few weeks previous. So about halfway up the mountain, he turns to me and says, hey, how's that knee doing? And I said, you're so kind for asking. I don't know how I look, but it actually feels good. And we keep hiking up. Janie's older sister, Angie, runs the whole thing. And Janie is, and I picked up on this in about two seconds, Janie is as quick-witted, dangerously quick-witted, as anyone I've ever been around. And at one point she asked me where um, my children are going to be going to high school. I said, East High School, I can't wait. And she looked at me and she says, oh, that means we're mortal enemies. I said, Janie, I've been here all of two days. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. What's up? She says, I go to GW. And I said, ah. I said, tell me, um, what's GW? Do they have a mascot? Are you a team? Like, what do you call yourself? She says, we're the Patriots. In that moment, the entire foundation of her wit and argument fell and crumbled because I knew and pointed out to her that East, East are the angels. You know? Patriotism is great. Being an angel is a whole nother level. We kept walking. There's another member of this parish going into eighth or ninth grade. I can't remember. Maddie Ball. I guarantee you, you're going to hear from her father because he's the chair of stewardship. You might hear from him more than once this fall. And at some point, I'd sort of fall into the back and. Nobody was talking to me, not because they were ignoring me. They just sort of, I guess, had given me some space. And she dropped back, checked on me, talked to me a few more minutes. Very kind. We made it to the top of that mountain. And and if you've not been there, all you need to know is this. You get to the top and you look into the face of Pikes Peak. And as a Memphian and a lifelong Southerner, that, that was mind-blowing to begin with. And it was June, and there was snow at the top of Pikes Peak. And when you're a Southerner, snow at the top of a mountain in the middle of summer is a miracle. <laughs> and we stood there. And after a few moments, I noticed that we hadn't said anything for like three or four minutes. That boisterous and largely appropriate humor from that entire group. It just, everybody was quiet for a few moments. And then they weren't. And it was this moment of awe. This moment of feeling small. This moment of realizing that life is fascinating. And that you and I have some small place in it. There's an Anglican theologian, two worlds are ours. And he writes that what mysticism really is, it's actually quite ordinary. 
It's trying to see a deeper reality that is behind, within, and beyond natural phenomena. All that we see and know from our ordinary lives. And he says these moments that occur throughout the course of a life, and they can occur in a great cathedral, they can occur on top of a mountain, they can occur in the grocery store, wherever. These moments when they occur, no matter how long they last... They provoke within us usually awe and even silence. Just as you don't have to stay within the world of Jesus' parables, you need to move on from merchants and mustard seeds. So too with the preacher's stories. You get to and frankly should move on from whatever it is you hear said in this pulpit. Moving from the preacher's story to your own. And sermons, therefore, shouldn't go on for too, too long. So that you finally are left with enough energy and imagination to think about your own life. Those people and places that have captured your heart and fascinate you to no end. So that there, precisely there, in the middle of your story, you can recognize and feel that God is right there with you.